It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and 9 a.m. in Sacramento, California, where it's time for news that you can use from Car Edge for Thursday, January 11th, with your host, me, Ray, representing the Montreal Jazz Festival, and, well, Justice, who, in case you didn't know, is not a chef's guy. That's right. That's right. I am not a chef's guy. <laughs> Just in case people got confused by that, thought I was your second son or something. You're much older than your first son. Much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, my first son's only 28. That's right. That's yeah. right. Same, same age as my first son, by the way. See? Okay. Um, the, but the difference is I'm 72. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> justice what the hell are we talking about today i think we're talking about inventory 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 and even more inventory and some of the prices going down in december um i think yes that inventory levels from what i have been able to see are at the highest point they've been in over three years um you know we Prior to COVID, monthly new car inventories ranged somewhere between 3.4 million and 4 million new cars available in any given month um, for all the dealerships out there. Uh, at, at the worst, during the pandemic, that number fell to like 900,000 new units available on a monthly basis. So we were we had a quarter of the inventory that we normally would have. Um, and was that during the pandemic or is that the part shortage? Where, that where was, that at what was, point did that happen? That happened during the pandemic when, when the manufacturers canceled their chip orders because they didn't know how long everything was going to be closed down. And so the chip manufacturers found other takers for the, those production slots of chips. Um, and when it turned out that, well, factories could open sooner rather than later and dealerships could reopen sooner rather than later, um, the manufacturers no longer had the wherewithal or the ability to buy the older style, less profitable chips that they needed for, you know, the microchips that they needed for the cars. And the chip manufacturers were, well, I don't know. They were busy producing the higher profit chips. So they said, yep. basically, in a nice way, the hell with you. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't need you at the moment. And, and so that shortage of microchips, which occurred shortly after the pandemic started, is what triggered this, this decline, dramatic decline, in inventory. Well, it's been building back up. It's taken a while. Mm -hmm. um, you know, realistically, the manufacturers would like to keep the inventory at 2.4 million or less available on a monthly basis. Well, that number rose again at the end of December into January. It's up to 2.7 million. They're creeping ever so closer to what it had been pre-pandemic. And that is an issue for not only the manufacturers, but more importantly, the dealers, because of the cost of carrying that inventory today, as you well know. And that's what, so there's, Cox is saying that's a 71-day supply now? 
where um, during the height of the pandemic, it was what, 25, 30 day supply? Yeah. So, and, and what was the, remind me, what was the floor planning in during the pandemic? Um, that was still well, let's see. Interest low, right? rates, yeah, interest rates were uh, like next to nothing. Like, you know, what could floor plan have cost? One percent, one and a half percent. Oh, and if you didn't have any cars to floor plan, well, there was no expense. And the manufacturers, as part of the invoice process, the manufacturers reimburse dealers for some of the floor plan costs. It's called floor plan assistance. And during the pandemic, and Dan LaGrange spoke about it the, the other day when we had him on the show, during the pandemic, floor plan assistance actually became a profit center for dealerships because they didn't have any floor plan costs. There were no vehicles. The vehicles weren't sitting. But now, part of, part of that makes up for the fact that they're Weren't any vehicles though. Yes, them, right. So because exactly. they also didn't have vehicles to sell, so they needed to offset some of that somewhere. And and if you're operating with a quarter of what your normal allocations would be, well, that created a shortage of cars. Demand was still high. Um, prices skyrocketed because well, low dem low supply, high demand. People would pay anything for cars. But now we're reverting back to uh, normal where we're starting to see excess inventories at some of the major brands. Um, and the dealers are, um, uh, well, getting upset because there's huge carrying costs to these inventories. If I remember correctly in the third quarter, um, all your major public uh, dealership groups reported excessively high charges for uh, floor plan costs. Um, you know, I think the Pensacola organization was like $232 million in floor plan costs for the quarter. That's a big number. It is. And where do they, um, where do you suppose they get that money from to pay for that floor plan? Cost? Um, well, it's not coming from the stockholders. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's coming from some bank out there. In many cases, it might be the captive lender. Um, you know, cause a lot of the manufacturers have their own finance arms and they'll, they'll do the, the floor planning for the dealerships. And, but other dealers, many dealers use like, Bank One or, uh, yeah, a Bank of America or Chase. Um, you know, the banks are making some money on floor plan interests yeah. again. And the dealers are writing big checks every month. But I'm and, just saying, where are the dealers getting the money to write those checks? Right. Uh, they're, well, they're uh, probably not discounting vehicles a lot to write those checks. Uh, well, yeah, but they are starting to, you know better than most, that they are starting to discount the vehicles in order to move the inventory so that they don't have to have the carrying costs of that inventory. Many, many dealers have recognized that it we're back to the old days. You, you want to turn it as quickly as you possibly can because the cost of carrying it is just way too high, um, which means... If you're going to take a poopy deal on a on a vehicle at some point in the month, you might as well take it the first day of the month. Now, you, you know, if you have, I think Dan 
LaGrange really explained it pretty well. If you have a customer that wants to buy a car, regardless of when he's there, whether it's the first of the month or the end of the month, figure out how to get him to buy the car. Do what yep. you need to do price-wise uh, to get him to say yes. And, and if it means it's poopy deal time on the 1st and poopy deal time on the 31st, it's like, just just name it Poopy Deal Month. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I, I would just like to clarify when you say that dealers are understanding that they got to move the metal. Um, yes. I just want to clarify that as dealers outside of Florida understand. Oh, so, so the every Florida deal I have looked at in the last 11 days has been just garbage. They just don't seem to be fully, fully getting it. And, you know, it's just it's weird. You, you know what would be interesting, and I don't know if we have the ability to, to get this information, but what would be interesting would be to see how sales are in Florida. Are they up? Are they down? Are they stagnant? Are new car sales and used car sales higher than where they had been? And if they are, and my suspicion is, this is just a suspicion. But my suspicion is that they're probably higher than where they had been, that they have still seen increases in sales. And, that's my guess, too. Yeah. And if that's the case, and I'm, I, I'll, I'll, I'll bet the proverbial dollars to donuts, if that's the case, then it strictly falls entirely on the customers for agreeing to say yes. Yep. Okay. Um, you, you've heard me say it every you know, Everything is just an ask, an addendum label. Yep. It's just an ask. It's not a mandate. It's an ask. Would you please be so kind as to overpay for this vehicle? Your option as a customer is to say, absolutely freaking not. Exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. So I talked to a member. We discussed it before the show. But uh, he just bought a Nissan Kicks for his daughter Okay, um, down in Florida. Um, he happens to live in Florida. The addendum label had $7,000 in markup on it. He got it for $2,200 below MSRP. Wow. wow. So, like, they asked, but yes. he just kind of went, no, I'm not going to do that. And if you want to sell me the car, this is what it's going to be. And it took him a couple of days, but like he ended up walking out with a, a great deal and was like $7,000 over, no. But, you know, there are dealers still out there asking. I know uh, Mark in here asked, are dealers still doing, are the Asian brands doing AD, ADM still? No, my, most dealers are, are way past that. No. And, and you and the team see on a daily basis more car deals and the structure of car deals than most dealerships see in a month. Um, so you have a better idea as to what type of, discounts dealers are willing to ultimately come up with in order to sell the vehicle. I mean, it must be, it, it it's still hard to get the deal, mm -hmm. but it, it, it must be easier than it had been to get the deal, even though you have to work hard to get it. Am I accurate in that? Yeah. Yes. You can get the deal. Like, like you've said before, I've said before too, it's the asking price is one thing. The, the negotiated sales price is another. I have a lot of people who ask, you know, while my area, you know, prices aren't going down, those, you know, but we see the trends. Yes. 
asking prices aren't necessarily down. No, sometimes they are. I've looked, I do see dealers advertising some good discounts now, but overall, you know, asking prices may not be down in your area, but that's not the same thing as the negotiated sale price, which is down. And we have the data showing that it's down, right? What is it? Uh, Cox Automotive put this out today. Uh, you know, new vehicle prices down 2.4% year over year. That's right. There, you know, and that's real hard data. That is yeah. not just, hey, Ray, Zach, and 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 Justice <laughs> making numbers up. I mean, and and I and and yes, I get that dealers aren't necessarily advertising lower prices. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they won't accept a lower offer. Just you, you got to start somewhere and. You know, dealers have grown accustomed over the past three years to, to starting high. Yeah, well, and, and they started people, high. Yeah, they started high because customers were foolish enough to agree to it. I, well, exactly. So, and we see that in Florida. I think you were spot on in saying that the data is going to come out. I know. I'll put Justin on this and see if yes, if he can get it because he, you know, he has got all the fingers and the details there. But um, I'm guessing Florida will be higher because they're just. They're willing to pay. Yes. And it's kind of crazy sometimes that I see that they're willing to pay or they accept those dock fees. I mean, you can't adjust the dock fee directly, but, you know, I've seen what was the highest dock fee I saw was $3,400. Oh, my goodness. I just went, why would you pay that? Why would you accept that? And, you know, and they're like, well, these cars aren't negotiable. Yeah, but your $3,400 dock fee. Yeah. Come on now. Like you got to um, offset that somewhere. Yeah, and 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 if I may, um, I don't think Florida is an island. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not an island. I'm pretty sure it's, no, yeah. it's still connected to the continental United States, the lower 48. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure directly to their west is like Alabama and then Mississippi and. And Louisiana and directly to the north is like Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and well, Tennessee. I mean, you know, let's, let's pull out a map. You know, there is nothing that says you have, if you live in Florida, that you have to buy your car in Florida. You do not. No, we get a lot of people. And I know this question came through in the comments. Is it better to buy out of Florida and ship in? Sometimes it is. Yes. Now, as Igor says, so, you know, you have people like Earl Stewart, though. Yes. So where, you know, it's not every dealer in Florida. Absolutely. And Earl's not the only one. There are other great dealers in Florida, too. I don't want to put down every dealer in Florida. Yeah. There are some really good ones. Um, but a lot of times, yeah, look, it is it is absolutely easy just to get it. And shipping from South Carolina to, to Florida's. Not that expensive to do. I love you can also drive and pick yeah. it up and drive back, and there's lots of options there. But with the between the dock fees and some of the addendums I still see in Florida, I have I have recommended that. Yeah, I, I mean I believe that that the the lowest dock fee I've seen is like eight ninety nine in Florida, um, and you've seen well, this hard. Earl's zero dollars. Yeah, but forgetting Earl. Yeah. Okay. No, so there's 
and I don't, I apologize. I don't remember the name of I have Luma, but there's two other dealerships in Florida that also do no uh, dock fees. And I think all three of them are Toyota because they're trying to fight against Southeast Toyota's, mm-hmm. you know, add-ons that they do. So the dealers, you know, a good dealer is like, okay, well, we're trying to fight against and, and, that and, by doing no and dock there's- and there's that Ford dealer, what is it, Mullinax? Yeah, Mullinax Ford. It, yep. They don't charge a dock fee. Nope. But the vast majority of dealers in Florida charge um, the most outrageous dock fees I've ever seen. Um, you know, you, you set up to $3,400, and I think mm-hmm. the average is right around 1000 Well, just between... Well, so you when you're forgetting the electronic filing fee, the average is $1,200. Okay, so twelve hundred, and and let let's be let's be uh, realistic here. That's pure profit. Okay, mm-hmm. there there is no cost associated with that. That is pure unadulterated profit. Um, so to pay an adjusted market price, okay, and then to add insult to injury and pay an overinflated dock fee, which is pure profit if you can't find a dealer that's willing to work with you there go out of state do yourself yeah. the favor go out of state i i mean we have we have a a, a a good friend of the channel who buys a lot of vehicles god bless him james loves his vehicles hyundai subarus uh, kias he ain't buying most of them in Florida. I mean, you know, his last few purchases they have they have been in uh, in Mississippi, uh, you know, because he's not paying the outrageous dock fees. He's he's found dealers that are willing to work with them on price. Um, so just remember, if if in Florida where uh, the craziness still still seems to be normal. Shop elsewhere. Just shop. You can. You're allowed to. Interstate uh, uh, commerce is allowed, I believe. And it's in the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. Um, yeah. I personally am a free inhabitant. So. I'm not, sorry, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, since the pandemic, and I think the pandemic really did change a lot of that, you know, how many deals during that time became online deals where dealers started setting up the networks because people weren't coming in and because, you know, you couldn't come in six feet and all that stuff. Um, You know, so that really changed a lot of the market, but I would say 50, at least 50% of the deals I work are done remotely. Even, even when they're in the same town, (laughs) they're done remotely. Like people just don't want to go into the dealership at all and a lot of dealers are just like okay that's fine you know you just come to pick it up we'll work everything out you know they try to get you down in the first place but you you know you can fight back against that listen if you if if you send an email to uh to 10 of the same dealerships in your state or wherever um if you get two responses hey you're you're doing great um which is a sad commentary on the state of affairs at automobile dealerships. And if you get one of those two that respond, that actually answer your question, God bless you. Because most of them 
if they do respond is when can you be here? Okay. (laughs) And dealerships need to recognize that the buying public today really wants to perform as much of the buying aspects online as they possibly can. Um, which is why we do what we do. Yeah. And there, and there are ways to send your email. I describe this every day with people. There's ways to send your email to get better responses than, than a cold email. Um, you know, so, so you can get those, but even when you do that, there's a lot of, okay, well, when can you come in? We had, we have dealers doing all kinds of tricks. Send me your driver's license and I'm giving you an OTD quote. What? For what? Why would you, you know, so you still got to fight those tactics and stuff, but isn't it better to fight it over email than uh, in person Um, for a lot of people? Yes, uh, uh, because for some people, if they had to fight that in person, it might lead to fisticuffs. Uh, Well, some people will just lay down, too. Yeah. People don't like confrontation. Uh, And, you know, hey, we exist because people don't like confrontation. If everyone was confrontational, they would just go out to the dealer and duke it out. Yes. We exist because people don't want to look at it. I mean, people want our concierge service because they don't want, they don't even want to do it via email. They just, you know, people would rather just go, can somebody else handle that? Yes. For me, please, because it's such a nightmare. And dealers, I don't know, they got to wake up to this. And we have, no, you sent me the story. I didn't pull it up, but. You know, we have the the dealers fighting now. Um, oh, I did pull it up. It's over here, though. Uh, fighting the uh, FTC rules. Yes. Right and now, they're filing lawsuits to say, no, 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 you can't, you can't implement rules. Like what? What? It it is the North the the the, the National Automobile Dealers Association NADA. Mm-hmm. Has, has decided to file a lawsuit in the Fifth Circuit Court in Texas trying to stop the implementation of the new FTC CARS regulations, which are designed to um, force dealers to be more upfront uh, with their pricing as to what, well, the real pricing is, and to require dealers to plainly make aware to the public the value of some of the add-ons and if there is no value to not add them on. Um, And it just, it, 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 it seems to me that the good dealers and, and I know every time I say the good dealers, I see the comments. Oh, there are no good dealers. They're all dealerships. They're all just, no, there are good dealers out there. There are, there are dealers that understand, um, proper business practices, how to, how to help actually help customers, how to, how to care about your customers, how to take care. There are dealerships out there that, that do um, the right things. Mm -hmm. Um, And those dealers, even though they might be a member of NADA, um, don't necessarily agree with NADA trying to, to relitigate this uh, or get a stay on this because the good dealers want to hold the bad dealers accountable. Yep. So we, and we talked to them both here and on the auto insiders podcast, we talk to some of the good dealers all the time. And this is what they say. They, we hear this constantly from, from them. Uh, 
of like, no, I mean, these rules are fine. I already operate like this. So this isn't a problem for me. I wish all my competitors, although we had, uh, what was it? Was it Jason from Mullinex uh, on the Auto Insiders who said, no, I hope my competitors keep doing the shenanigans because it helps my business. Yes. That, because I we don't operate like that. We don't operate anything like that. So I'll give them the number and tell them to go shop around. They always come back. Most of the time yeah. they will. The ones yeah. that won't come back are too embarrassed to come back. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, they're too embarrassed to admit that, okay, you were playing fair. You were being open and honest. You were yeah. being transparent. Um, and the yeah. other dealers weren't. And, and you know, good dealers don't want bad dealers out there. Good dealers want the bad dealers to be held accountable. And rather than the NADA fighting it, they should be uh, championing the, yeah. the changes trying everything in their power to bring those who don't want it along into wanting it. It is, it is past time for the automobile dealers out there to, to get with, with the program to understand that they can't survive without their customers. And it's cheaper and easier to maintain your customers if you treat them the way you would actually want to be treated. Um, so, you know, some some of these dealers need to be need to be flogged. Some of these dealers need a wake up call. Some of these dealers, some of these dealers need not to be dealers anymore. Um, you know, where where somebody comes in and buys the dealership and turns it around and does it the right way. But it's time for NADA to put down the fight and, and rather than fight uh, these rules and regulations that the FTC is going to implement, it's time to educate your dealers as to why it is in their benefit to do this, to go along with it. Um, that's where NADA should be spending their money, not propagating yes. the same BS that they've been propagating, I don't know, for 120 years now. Yeah, and I will say that for all the ones in the comments who say there are no good dealers and all dealers are bad and you know that and you're you know you're wishful thinking that they there are good dealers who want this kind of stuff. Um, I just have to say, um, meet Igor. Yeah. He was, he was dealer principal for a long time. I know he believes in the messages of uh, the FTC and, and what we do. There are good dealers like Igor out there who've just always done business right. Um, so there, you know, we have one, one in our comments every single day that you can talk directly to. It is a good dealer who understands how these things work. Uh, there, there are people out there who want to see this go through my my fear is the the nads isn't trying to overturn this yet yes They're trying to put a stay yes. which is a lot easier of a hurdle yes so my fear is that they might get a stay and i've seen stays last three four five years yes right and so and, where do we go then and and i don't understand it because 
there's, I don't know anybody in this country, you know, other, other than a preteen that hasn't tried to buy a car and, and hasn't had a tough time doing it. Yeah. This is, this is, this is not a secret um, that there are bad, bad apples out there, bad actors that are dealers. And it's, it's just the opportune time to turn that around and finally, finally accept that it should be customer driven. The, the, the whole con concept should be it's customer driven. How do we take care of our customers as opposed to it should just be strictly profit driven. And how do we fatten our, our bank account? Um, you can do both. They are not mutually exclusive. Okay. Yeah. Um, they never have been, you know, you take a dealer like Earl Stewart. Well, Earl's been a Toyota dealer in South Florida for what, 40 years, 50 years. Um, I think he'll tell you he's, he's been pretty successful. He's, he's, he's got a few bucks in the bank. Um, and, and, He's taking care of his customers. He does it the right way. He's he's living proof that that it's not mutually exclusive. Uh, no, I, he makes a good buck doing it too. Being nice and honest to the customers, getting repeat business. Uh, you know, he he's not poor. He's not sitting in the poor house over there. He he's you know got a nice house and and all the accoutrement to go with it by yeah. by doing right. By his customers. Yes. So what a crazy, what a crazy concept. Yes. So it, it is doable. Um, and I guess we should tie all this back into, well, the growing inventory, which will make it more doable for more people to get better deals somewhere other than Florida, apparently. Um, <laughs> because dealers are sitting on inventory. Now that's, now, obviously, that's not all brands, you know, yeah. Toyota, Kia, Honda, you know, they, they've got shortages. They still have uh, much less day supply than a lot of the other brands. But you look at Ford and but they, Jeep and Ram, they got three times the amount of day supply as everybody else. And, you know, part of that is production. Part of that is Toyota, Honda, Kia. Um, certainly are selling a lot faster and better than say Ford is. Um, I, although the F-150 or sorry, the F series yes. is, is the number one vehicle. You have to include the whole series for that, but yes. um, number one vehicle sold in America, but you know, but as a company, they're nowhere close to Toyota, Honda. And of course, uh, yeah, we'll probably discuss this tomorrow on tomorrow's show, how Kia Hyundai are just exploding in their yes. sales. I have yes. thoughts on that as well. Yes. <laughs> no, but, I, you know, it's crazy on the on the <laughs> amount of sales and and how well some of these brands are doing. And what I think is odd is if I asked you, Ray, what are the least negotiable mainstream brands out there? You will tell me what? I would tell you Toyota, Honda, Kia, um, and yet I'm, I, I bet you they're more negotiable today yes. than they had been 18 months ago or 12 oh. months ago. Yeah, well, yeah, 18 months ago, they were still 
some markups on them. Yes. You know, 24 months ago, there's markups on all of them. Right. I mean, so you, certainly there are, you can get some, they're more negotiable now. Are you getting a RAV4 under MSRP? Barely, if you do. Um, but, you know, are you getting a forerunner? Yeah, you're getting a nice discount on a forerunner um, that you weren't necessarily getting 18 months ago. So yeah, even even those big brands. Uh, before we hop off, Ray, I just yeah. want to answer uh, uh, one question, which is, um, uh, what about Roseville Toyota? Are they ever going to lower prices? No. <laughs> nope. They're not. They're not. Just, Where uh, are they? Are they uh, in Roseville? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my old dealership. Oh, uh, okay. they, they got <laughs> they got bought out by uh, Lithia. Oh, okay. Uh, but. Uh, I'm. I still know people who work there. Uh, nope, they're just not. If you want a Mirai, get an amazing deal on a Mirai. Of course, Shell has shut down all the hydrogen stations in California, so you can no longer get from, say, Sacramento to Los Angeles. You can't get there because so you, there's you, no time. There's not enough fuel. You may you may never be able to refuel it after you buy it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. But you can get a great deal on one. Um, but otherwise, no, uh, they're, they're, they're known for their not negotiating tactics. And then last one, and you don't know about this one yet. Okay. Pull it up here yet. Sorry. Uh, there's lots of things I don't know about. Yeah. Although, but Although I am insanely opinionated, even on things I really don't know about, but, but this one just came through from, uh, Justin here on the team. Okay. And, uh, here we had a list of, or there is a list of the fastest growing automotive digital brands in 2023. Okay. And uh, I believe if you look at uh, number one, who's that up there at number one? Holy cannoli. That, that, that would be Car Edge. That, that would, would be, be us. That's right. The fastest growing uh, digital brand, automotive digital brand in 2023. And, and so, not by a little bit. No, not not even close. It's really, truly not not close. Uh, so, you know, and that's thank you to all the members, all the yes. people here who tune in, and then come through and visit the site. Um, I I know it makes me feel really good to know that everything that we're doing, all the efforts that we put in, people appreciate. They're coming in, they're visiting, they're looking at at things, they're learning how to navigate this world, and we just sure do appreciate that. Well, congratulations to you and the team on on such a, an amazing accomplishment. And uh, you know, we 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 realized a long time ago we'd never be all things to all people. Um, there are some people out there that, regardless of what we do and how we do it, they're just not going to like us, and that's okay. Uh, for those of you who do like us, who do find value in what we do and what we bring, and uh, God bless you. Thanks for being a part of all this. And and um, my pledge, and I don't know that I'm speaking for my son when I say this, is my pledge is that uh, we will continue to be as transparent as we can possibly be. We'll be as upfront as we can possibly be. Um, we will share things that probably no other organization will share um, because we want you to know how and why this all works. So that that's my pledge. 
I don't know about the rest of the team. Zach might shoot me an email after this. We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> he might reprimand me on Saturday night's live show. <laughs> well, I think I think we can say that we're clearly doing something right, and we're and you know we try every day. Uh, Zach tries harder than anyone I've ever known. Uh, you did a good job there, Ray. Um, so you know I'm happy to be part of this, and I'm really. I just saw that, and I, I was very happy that we that we seem to be resonating with people, and hopefully that turns into, you know, a larger and larger change for this industry. Well, uh, the the that's the ultimate goal is to bring the industry into the 21st century, kicking and screaming if we must, <laughs> but bring them into the 21st century and make it a much more pleasant experience for people to be able to. Uh, buy and sell their automobiles and if ultimately that means it puts us out of business well i can't think of a better way to go <laughs> yeah oh i you know a day where uh, people don't need us anymore uh would be a good day in the industry absolutely i don't absolutely. see that happening in my lifetime but, uh, or but mine hey, or Zach's. yeah yeah <laughs> but if it can what a great way to go out by fixing a broken industry. That would be a great way to go. Absolutely. Well, we will be back here again tomorrow at, at noon Eastern, nine Pacific time, Justice and I. And then, and then at 1245 tomorrow, Car Edge Electric makes a return to the airwaves. Justice and I will be back for that tomorrow as well. And there is some interesting news in the EV world that we will be covering tomorrow for sure. Yeah, we've been gone for, what, six weeks, right? There's some, I feel like there may have been some stuff built up during that six weeks that we can talk Perhaps. about. Perhaps. I am very <laughs> excited to be coming back on the electric show to be bringing it back. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. We will see you back here again tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>